Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. In the storm, Jesus has our keenest attention. It's what we can call the crucible of the soul. There isn't a one of us that would ever look back at some challenging situation we went through. We could, the proverbial storm. And we wouldn't say that we weren't better for it. We don't like them, but inevitably they help us. They make us stronger in our faith. And so rather than missing Jesus in the storm, because we're so focused on the circumstances, we're meant to look for him to find him in the storm. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Have you ever had something taken from you? Most of us have. Maybe someone decided to take our purse, a wallet, a phone, or something else of ours that did not belong to them. When this occurs, we generally want to get back what we lost as soon as possible. But what if the circumstances of life take something from us? When we go through an illness, a furlough, a divorce, a bankruptcy, it seems we often lose something in the process. But we don't always try to get back what was taken from us. Instead, our faith gives way to fear. Hope gives way to despair. Kindness gives way to anger. And assurance gives way to anxiety. When this happens, we need to declare the promises of God to regain what has been given to us through a faith in Jesus. In this sermon series, we will explore some of the good things that life's challenges can take from us, including our faith, our hope, our kindness, our assurances, but more importantly, how we can take those things back. Please enjoy the message. We're starting a sermon series today that's entitled, Take It Back. And through, year, through 2020, we've had a lot of things taken from us. And, and most of it's been connected with the pandemic. And so we've had things like conversations with strangers, gone. Um, baseball games, gone. The wave at the baseball game has been gone, which that one can actually stay gone. I, I can't stand the wave at a baseball game. So that, that's gone. And we've also had uh, vi- uh, entertainment venues that have been shut down. Restaurants have been shut down. We've had a lot that's been taken from us including our joy, our peace of mind, our relational connectedness, things along those lines, just been pulled from us, things that should have never been taken from us. And so what we want to talk about as we come into this new year over the course of this next month is how do we take some of these things back? Specifically, what we want to take back is we want to take back our faith. Because many of us, and I would say I've had some moments myself where I've been living a little bit too much by fear and not enough by faith. And we're going to talk about that today. How do you know? What are some indicators if you're living too much by fear and you're not living by the faith that God has called you to live by? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Next week, we're going to talk about hope. And, and many of us have just lost hope. And it's not just with the pandemic, but even with the political tensions and, and maybe even some other personal things that you have going on. Maybe you've got some marital issues. Maybe you've got a lawsuit that's pending. You've got some other things happening at your workplace and you're just losing hope and you've got a lot of despair. Right now, many of us, and I, again, have had, I've had moments of all of these things, um, we're struggling with anger. And you, obviously, you're not screaming and yelling right now, but if it, your kid comes to you in a little, in a, maybe in a, the way that you don't want them to, if a stranger comes to you the way that you don't want them to, if somebody posts something online, you're getting a little too angry. And there's some kindness that we need to get back in touch with. Right now, many of us are exhausted. And we've got the normal holiday exhaustion that we're coming out of. But we've also just got exhaustion from everything else that's been happening. 
And we need to live a life of exuberance. Jesus said that we, he came that we'd have life to the full. And right now, many of us are living like on a quarter or a half or a partial, but we're not living full. And so we're going to talk about that over the next month, how we can get back in touch with that. And, and uh, spoiler alert here is it's going to require us to, take, to, to come to Jesus, to rest in him. It's not going to require us to have more effort, more pressing, more striving. We need to set some of that aside and start resting in him. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And that's what we're going to be coming into even today as we talk about going from fear to faith. Now, a few years ago, I had one of the most terrifying experiences that I've ever had in my entire life. I went tandem skydiving. Anybody here ever skydived? Got a few people, any of you online, give us a shout out. I skydived. If you've ever, a few of you have gone skydiving before, but if you've never gone skydiving, okay, I don't know what you would expect if you were to go, but this wasn't what I expected. I expected to be there all day, going through trainings and orientations and getting talked through the process, what everything would be like, how I would feel going up, what it would be like going, getting, falling out of this plane. And it was none of that. I spent more time filling out release papers than I actually did receiving instruction on what it was that was going to take place. Because in a tandem situation, everything depends on who you are connected to. And so I met this guy that I was going to be connected to right before we got into the plane. And he was a little guy. He's like, five. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big guy, but he was really little. He's a little guy. And I'm thinking, how's this going to work? How are you going to be able to make all this work and happen and get me back here safely? So we get to the plane, and as we start rising in altitude, I felt the fear beginning to rise in me. And about 2,000 feet, I remember looking out, that win- looking out the window that was there and thinking, this, I don't know, what, what did I just get myself into? And, and this plane, I mean, it wasn't like it was a 747. I mean, it was, I, I, I heard bolts rattling in this plane, which was probably on purpose because they want you to want to jump out of the plane. So we're rising and rising, and it, I'm just, the plane's shaking, I'm, I'm getting nervous, scared at this point, and we're getting up, and we're going up and up and up, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. I cannot believe I just did this and got myself into this, this situation that I'm now in. And I look back at this little guy who's going to save me, and I'm thinking, what is going, how? So I ask him a question. I said, I, I quit focusing on everything around me, and I said, okay, how many times have you done this? Exactly. And he said, about 10,000. He's, he's jumped out of, who in the world jumps out of a plane 10,000 times? Like, so I asked him if he, was, if he was sane, and then he, you know, I'm kidding, I didn't ask that. But I did ask, I was like, okay, you've, you've jumped out of a plane 10,000 times. You're obviously alive. That's a good thing. So have you ever had to pull your emergency parachute? And he's, then he stares at the ceiling. Um, no. Which at the time was convincing. In hindsight, not convincing. He's definitely pulled an emergency parachute before. I asked him if he's ever been injured. He said, yeah, just a little sprain. Again, I don't think he was being honest. But but the, that was what I needed to hear in that particular moment. And then my friends and I were talking, and we asked these instructors who were with us, these parajumpers, and we said, has anybody ever gotten up here and just said, no, I'm not going? And they said, oh, yeah, that happens all the time, every day. But, but the funny, and there's wind just blowing through this plane. And they said, the funny thing is, when you get up here, no sounds a lot like go. <laughs> And so gradually I see my friends just dropping out of this plane, dropping out of this plane, dropping out of this plane. And then there finally came that moment when I had to drop out of the plane. 
Woo! And for those of you keeping score, you're at 10,000 feet. It's a one-minute free fall to 5,000. They pull the chute, which was the most glorious experience of my entire life. Whenever I found, like, okay, I'm going to make it. I'm going to survive. And then we make our way down and land. And, and I look up and I'm thinking, what did I? I can't believe I just did that. But the thing that the thing that was so critical for me to get through that experience, and I just pass out up there as as all of this is building and growing in this particular moment was I had to shift my focus from the circumstances around me to the one who was with me, the one that was connected to me, the one who was going to get me through this. In the passage of Scripture that we'll look at today in Matthew 14, the Apostle Peter is going to learn a very similar lesson. In this case, we've got to exchange an Indiana sky that I was jumping out of for a Galilean sea and a 30-foot plane for a 30-foot boat and a first-time skydiver for what we'll find out will be a first-time wave warmer. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. So we're going to pick up Matthew 14. And this is what the text says there. As we learn to go from fear to faith, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And, and so Jesus says, I want you guys to get into the boat and to go across the Sea of Galilee. It's 13 miles long at its, at its widest, seven and a half miles um, um, wide at its, at its uh, deepest. And, and so it's not a big sea. It's not a very wide lake, you might say. It's a 60-minute journey across. And so he says, I want you to get into the boat. And what I, what I, as I was reading this, what caught my attention was that the disciples didn't necessarily need to get into the boat. They, they could have walked around. It would have been a little longer journey. They could have waited for a storm to come through because the, the Galilean Sea was known for having robust, sudden storms from the winds coming through from the Golan Heights. And so it was known for that. They could have waited for the storm to come in and known that they would have had a couple of weeks to make it across and been, everything would have been okay. They could have done a lot of things to minimize the risk in this situation, to minimize the calling that Jesus was calling them to, to minimize what it would have meant for them to be obedient. And we have that tendency. And what I want to say here is, you might be living by fear if your focus in life 
with the decisions you make is all about minimizing risk. And, and people will tell me they don't want to live by fear, which I, I appreciate, and I don't either. But I think there's a level below just living by fear and still just constantly trying to minimize risk in our lives. The things that keep us from getting into the boat that Jesus is calling us to get into. This man here is John Madden. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, Hall of Fame football coach. Um, how many of you have ever played the John Madden football game? It's uh, nobody, a couple of you, okay. So, so it's one of those games that's probably gonna be his most endearing legacy, truth be told. Uh, John Madden, though, has not flown in a plane for 50 years, which for someone like him who had to travel as much as he has had to travel is unbelievable. He would average 80,000 miles a year on the road, whether it's car, RV, or a train. It's unbelievable. Why? Because he was scared, scared of flying, and he was attempting to minimize his risk. Now, what I'm not telling you to do here when it comes to minimizing risk is I'm not telling you to go start licking water fountains or hanging out in COVID emergency rooms in COVID areas. I'm not saying you need to do that. But here's what I've found with myself and even with some others, that often in, this, in the pursuit of minimizing risk out of a, living a life of fear, we, we avoid getting married. Ah, you just never know how it's gonna work out, right? You never know if you're all that compatible. There could be some challenges and difficulties. Newsflash, <laughs> that's part of marriage. Having children, Ah, we don't want to have children. We might miss out on some things. We might, um, we, might, we might bring them into a world that's just not all that safe. Being generous, we may not have enough down the road. We may not be able to afford some things down the road. Resolving conflict. Ah, I'd rather live with the tension than to have to enter into that space that's a little bit risky. So we minimize the risk, live with the tension. Relationship isn't all that good, but, but at, least, you know, at least we haven't risked everything. Telling people about Jesus, our faith. We just struggle to talk about it, talk about Jesus. He's the one getting us through, but we struggle. So we minimize the risk. We don't go there. We'll live out our faith in a lot of other areas that are much safer, that are just private, but not in those public spaces, those public things. And so we struggle with this. And so what you have to do is you have to transition from, from this place of minimizing risk to embracing a calling. And anytime you get into the boat, there's always going to be risk. John Ortberg, author, pastor, wrote a book several years ago that was entitled, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. And I, and I appreciate that title. And what the book is about is taking risks and living by faith. But the challenge today isn't for us to get out of the boat. I think the challenge for us today more is to get into the boat, to be obedient, to do what it is that Jesus calls us to do, whatever that may be. And maybe it is to be kind instead of being angry. Maybe it's to maintain hope instead of despair. Maybe it is to tell somebody about this Jesus who we believe in. It's a calling that we are all called to that's indisputable, but often we are so scared we're minimizing risk and so we don't move forward. And so the disciples were willing to embrace that. They wanted to be obedient to this rabbi of theirs, this, this leader of theirs. So they get into the boat. Later that night, he was there alone, Jesus, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, this again should have been a 60-minute journey, but it's turned into a night-long battle. And the clear sky has given way to, to clouds and streaks of lightning that are going across it. And the Sea of Galilee often is very tranquil. It is a place that can easily be made across 
and again about an hour. But then those winds come through from the Golan Heights, those storms come up, and the next thing you know, if you're in a boat on that sea, I like how this translation puts it, the boat was in the middle of the sea and you're tossed by the waves. You never saw it coming. And maybe that's a good description of where you're at right now. Do you feel tossed about? Maybe you're in the middle of a divorce and right now you're tossed about by guilt. There's some things you wish you would have said that you didn't say, some things you wish you would have done that you didn't do. Maybe there's some things that you did do that you shouldn't have done and some things that you said that you shouldn't have said. Maybe you should have been more in tune to the needs of this other individual. But right now you're dealing with some major guilt. Maybe you're in the middle of a debt, in the middle of debt and right now you're tossed about by creditors. You aren't sure which phone calls to answer. You're not sure what mail to open. You aren't sure who to open the door for when the doorbell rings. You're in the middle of, a, in the middle of family members tossed about by varying opinions with politics, with COVID, with maybe other, some other family dispute that's taking place. And right now, you don't even know how to live your life because you're in the middle of all this mess. And you're just tossed about in this storm. You're in the middle of jobs and you're tossed about by dreams and bills because if you pay the bills, you sacrifice the dreams. But if you pursue the dreams, you can't pay the bills. In the middle of a marital, stri- marital strife right now, you're tossed about by endless bickering and discouragement. And so with that, you're wondering, should I have taken the job? Should I have married this person? Should we have bought the house? Here's what you're doing. Here's how you know if you're living by fear. You're doubting all your decisions. You're struggling with these decisions that you've made. Should I have done this? Should we have gone there? That's what we do when we start to press into fear is we start to have a lot of doubt with our decisions. And you wanna know why we have doubt? because we don't expect challenges. We think it's gonna be easy. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. It's like um, in the summers, we'll go vacation on the beach. And when we go there, um, we've done stand-up paddleboarding. Have any of you ever done some stand-up paddleboarding? Several of you online, give us a shout out if you've done some paddleboarding. 
It's, it's great. Paddleboarding is so fun. Well, I learned to paddleboard in the ocean, which is not the best place to learn how to paddleboard. It took me a couple years before I could ever even get out past the waves. And what I realized when I got on the paddleboard, what helped me to finally break through where the break is at, where I could actually ride the paddleboard out a good distance into the ocean, was I started expecting the waves to come. I would always be so surprised when this two and three foot wave would hit me and it would knock me off the board. I could never get out. And then I just said to myself, you know what? I'm just always going to expect at least three waves. I just know there's going to be three waves that are going to hit me. When I get in this water and I'm on that board, I'm going to get hit at least three times. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's four, sometimes it's five. The point is I expected it. And people get married and, and maybe it's okay at first and then you have kids. <laughs> and then it's not okay. It's hard. Kids are disobedient. Spouses are selfish. Bosses are unrealistic. Debt can be very consuming. There's financial windfalls, there's shortfalls. Jesus told us all this stuff would happen. And we get so surprised when it does happen. He never promised us that there wouldn't be challenges. You will deal with challenges in every area of your life, at every single moment of your life. I, I'll, I'll, I coach some young kids in basketball and I'll bring him in here and we'll work out and I was talking to one kid about his dad and I was making a joke because he was complaining about we had him dribbling two balls and he's complaining one ball had more air in it than the other and I said you know what that's a challenge you just got to work through it that's life life is full of challenges I said how many and his dad owns some restaurants I said how many challenges do you think your dad has to face every day and he's like one I'm like oh my gosh like your dad has to deal with like a hundred challenges every single day. Every, every time he turns around, he's got a challenge he's managing and dealing with because you know, that's just the nature of his business. It's the way things go. And Jesus told us this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. And you can add whatever you want to the end of that sentence. Because in this world, you'll have trouble with your marriage. In this world, you'll have trouble with your children. You'll have trouble with your boss. You'll have trouble with challenging employees, you will have challenges with your health, you will have challenges with everything. So avoiding the challenges isn't going to work. And even trying to get rid of the challenge isn't even the point. If that's all you're trying to do, then what, you know what happens to us? If all that we want to do is get rid of the challenge, you know what happens? If you want to just get rid of the storm, all that you're doing is this, all that I'm doing is this, is I'm surviving the storm to struggle through the next storm. God wants so much more for us than that. And he's given us so much more than that. Because you aren't meant to just survive storms because they're just going to keep coming. You've got to learn to do more with it than that. This is what James tells us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I, I mean, whenever he says consider it pure joy, I'm expecting the birth of a child. You know, again, that, that marital bliss. I'm, I'm expecting amazing things for him to say. But he says whenever you face trials... Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know when a test is scary? When you don't have answers. And some of us are just, we're living off the answers of friends and doctors and podcasts and books. Maybe we need to open up our Bibles and start living off the answers, the promises that God has given us. And then you have answers to the test which help you to produce perseverance and that perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete. That the goal isn't to get rid of the challenge. 
God's goal is for you to continue to grow and to develop and to become the person he's created you to be, to be a person that leans and trusts in him. As the story goes on, this is what the disciples are going to have to figure out. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. Well, how? He's walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. What I want you to see here is that there's this sense in which they almost missed him. They, didn't, they weren't even sure it was him. They thought it was a ghost. And that's what happens in challenging situations is when we're consumed by fear, we're gonna lean into podcasts. Again, we're gonna lean into doctors and friends and family, and those things aren't bad, but we miss him and he's with us because we expect Jesus in peaceful hymns, Easter Sundays, marital bliss, morning devotionals, and he's there. Do you know where else he is? Where more so he is? Bear markets, pink slips, lawsuits, foreclosures. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.